1: with Lori Lattimore-Volkman, Jess Place, and Tim Lynch. Yes, my master. Get involved in the conversation at milehighreport.com. <laughs> Incomplete. Welcome to a special training camp edition of Something Something Broncos. I'm Jess Place, joined today by Tim Lynch and Lori Lattimore-Volkman. We are brought to you by "Chill the fuck out." There's only been five practices, so everybody, <laughs> chill the fuck out.
0: <laughs> that's your best one yet. Yay!
1: So, uh, <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna dive right in uh, to everything that's been happening at training camp. Uh, reports uh, coming out on radio have been overwhelmingly negative uh we're going to take the good and the bad we're going to take them both and there you have training camp uh where should we start tim what do you think
2: um d- well, correct me if i'm wrong but did the fan suggest they should trade joe flacco to the jets and get trevor Simeon back i don't know how, how bad is it over there uh, you've been listening
1: <laughs> well there, there was uh, some uh, one uh, one commentator asked if there was any hope uh uh, another commentator was uh, was claiming uh, that, uh, that Joe Flacco was not acting like Peyton Manning. And so we might as well just go ahead and start uh, Drew Locke um, coming down hard on him for not stopping practice and saying, do that play again, do that play again. And then just moments later, uh, asking, is anyone allowed to do that on the field player wise? You know, I, I mean, you know, you don't really have to get all your ducks in a row and know what you're talking about uh, to be on ter- terrestrial radio. Uh, <laughs> clearly. Uh, but um, <clears throat> you know, what can I say? They, they, they're filling their time as best they can. They hate Garrett Bulls, They hate Noah Fant. They hate uh, 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 who else do they, they hate uh, everybody.
0: They hate much. Joe Flacco.
1: Oh, Joe Flacco. Yeah. They hate him. Yeah. Uh, what about let's, let's start with quarterback. You know who they really hate? kevin hogan and they might have a point <laughs> yeah.
2: they might have a point he did have he did actually have a good good practice towards the end of that five-day run but early on it was so bad i think everybody's latched onto that so um i don't know i think the to me joe Flacco's doing exactly what joe flacco needs to do he's going out there he's leading the offense and it's just nice to have a guy there that actually should be there as the starting quarterback I don't think that's happened since Peyton Manning was in town. And it's a breath of fresh air. I think Brett Ripon, Drew Locke, and Joe Flacco, those are going to be your guys heading into the season, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. No, poor Kevin Hogan. I mean, he comes out and just – he struggles. I mean, and if only there was like, five preseason games for him to prove himself. Um, it's not over for him yet. Uh, the cards are stacked against him because he doesn't have the name recognition uh, of a Rippon. Uh, or Drew Locke, and, you know, clearly, obviously, Drew Locke has uh, to just show up and <laughs> make the roster. <laughs> and, and you know, he just has to wait for old Joe's back to give out, and he'll get his shot. Um, but, I mean, it really – I mean, really, if you take a step back, the quarterback battle is pretty boring. I mean, it's like Joe Joe Flacco has it sewn up. Kevin – I mean, Kevin Hogan – they, there's a reason why he's starting the, the Hall of Fame game because he's not going to get another start <laughs> just for the rest of the preseason. It's, it's it's like Tim said, it's pretty much sewn up already. Like it, It's going to be ripping on practice squad. It's going to be uh, Locke as number two, and, and Joe Flacco, of course, is number one. Like, I, I, don't, I don't understand how certain terrestrial radio stations can fill entire hours
2: talking about Kevin Hogan.
0: They just missed the Trevor Simeon-Paxton Lynch battle.
2: And at least Simeon acted like Peyton Manning. (laughs) At least he learned from the GOAT and carried himself like Peyton Manning.
0: I am so thankful that we don't have a quarterback battle. (laughs) Me too. I'm glad it's boring. I love it. I know. I think it's important, and these radio stations need to be paying attention, the players are loving Joe Flacco. They love having a guy who has his shit together. <laughs> you know, like he walks in the building like he's the starting quarterback. He goes to practice like he's a starting quarterback. He's on the field like he's a starting quarterback. Like that you can tell they feel confident having a guy with experience out there, not trying to talk their way through how good Simeon's probably going to be this year or Case Keenum is going to finally get a shot as a starting quarterback and he's going to be good like they have a guy who knows how to handle all the ups and downs of a game with some, you know, without letting the pressure get to him. And they all notice that. And I think that's more important than whatever D Max says.
2: Yeah, they can they can trust him. Is the the issue? Yeah, and exactly. They haven't trusted anybody since Peyton Manning. So a lot of these guys are hungry to get back into contention because you know. They don't like these guys. Don't like to lose. I don't, I'm sure no NFL player likes to lose, but I've always done a good job finding guys that there's win games at the top of their list, and then you know everything goes after that. They, you know, and I love that. It's uh, it's hard to find in this day and age. I like the the culture that Vic Fangio's brought. So I think Joe Flacco is the perfect quarterback for this year in this situation, and you know, hell, maybe he'll be the perfect quarterback in the next couple of years well what do you think winners losers laurie
0: well particularly at tight end and at wide receiver where we already know who the top guys are but trinity benson wide receiver has been flashing quite a bit over the last couple days and tight end austin fort and the tight end position by the way other than noah Fant being our first round draft pick and then jeff hireman being you know the the top tight end from previous years on the roster who is seemingly healthy. The other, the other guys are still really questionable, like Jake Butt and Troy Fumagalli. Like, it's hard to know if their injuries are still going to keep them on the field or off the field, but Austin Fort has been taking advantage of that. He's been on the field every day. He's been showing some, some really good skills, some speed, and some good hands. So I – I think he's having a good camp and could end up possibly being one of the tight ends we keep on the roster.
1: It's kind of incredible how many tight ends are still injured. Like it, it's kind of like we can't sh- be careful with that soda there. I, you almost launched it out your nose. I saw that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, no, it, it, I, I don't understand why the tight end group is always injured. Like every year, every year like i mean fuma googly is, is <laughs> it, like probably what the most the most healthy of the group besides fans jake butt i don't know what what's happening with him he's he's missed uh, he's had two veteran days where he doesn't have to practice but it's like is he injured is he not injured what like what's going like is he really injured really really <laughs> again again in your hurt. and then uh Hireman. I don't know. I feel like I haven't really heard much about Hireman. Like,
2: he's uh, been used uh, more as a blocker so far in, in the first five days of practice, but he's
1: out there. After years of trying to get Virgil Green to be a pass-catching tight end, we're now putting our pass-catching tight end into block. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, turnabout's fair play.
1: <laughs> anyone, anyone notice that? Am I the only one? Go ahead.
0: <laughs> I think I think you should be sure to ask that at the Hall of Fame game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Excuse me. Do you think Do you think Berger Green is going to make that transition to be a pass catching guy? <laughs> I know he's not on the roster, but I just I it's it's not a good season for me unless I hear it at least once. In a <laughs> time. So I just need it for my soul, for me, and and, and the Mile High Report community. Um, what about on the offensive line?
2: One one thing is Ronald Leary is being eased back in, um, from his Achilles uh injury from last year. And Don Barclay has been getting a lot of reps with the ones. So that's a name to watch. Rich Scangarello mentioned singled out Elijah Wilkinson uh for praise. So that's another name uh to keep an eye on.
1: To qualify this, okay, because I have heard about the Elijah Wilkinson praise and through some of my various listenings and, and readings, I don't know where I heard it. Um, the reason why uh, Scanderello, Scary Spice, remember when we called him Scary Spice? Uh, <laughs> he singled him out was because the question he was answering was, who is a name that we haven't heard who is, who is showing in camp? And so uh, a lot of people are saying, oh, well, he said Elijah Wilkinson to motivate um, bowls or, or others or or to, to kind of send a shot across the bow and and that's not necessarily the case because before that question was asked he was talking about bowls but then mentioned elijah Wilkinson because that was the question he was answering and so it's not it's kind of been twisted by certain terrestrial media outlets that <laughs> it's an indictment of bull's play whereas it's it's actually just kind of him answering a question. So.
0: Imagine that. It's just him answering a question.
1: I know. Hair on fire. Everybody panic.
0: Like, Elijah Wilkinson, get your jerseys now. Like. <laughs> exactly. One uh. thing I really appreciated that Ben Albright said yesterday on KOA was camp is not a linear progression. Like, hopefully by the end of camp, the team has – built some chemistry, they've improved because they've gotten, you know, they've gotten the playbook down and they've, you know, worked out the kinks. But especially the first week, it should not be surprising that things are up and down. This is the first time that they're really on the field, putting it together with pads on and like going through the, the real deal rather than just studying it. So to think that it's going to be perfect or going to be really good by day two, is just insane. And The offensive line is one of those things that really keys off of good chemistry. And so it takes time to figure out who's going to be where, who's strong at which position, and how they're all going to communicate with each other. So to be complaining about, honestly, any player this week, I think is kind of ridiculous. Obviously, when some players are making good plays over and over, that really stands out as it should. But... If the offensive line is having trouble blocking Von Miller, (laughs) like, are you kidding me? (laughs) You're going to be worried about that? Like, I think by the end of camp, if the offensive line is a disaster, then we know what we have in store for the season, and it's going to be a rough one. But after five days, like, you can't really be talking too much about roster spots, all that, you know, with all that much confidence let it have its ups and downs that's what camp is for get that out of the way so by the end of camp we're starting to see progression
1: you are 100 percent right okay i think in having fans there on the berm and training camp is kind of this this thing i I think that i think that fans have have it in their head that it's like a skills showcase it's like it's show up and you just kind of expect it to like all be ready, the table set, you know, they just bring out the food, bring out the games and and you know, we're going to it's going to happen. It's going to be amazing. And it's not. It's a process. There's a reason why they have training camp. It's it's so that they can gel, so that they can learn, so that they can install schemes and and it, it's going to get ugly, it's going to get gross. People are going to struggle. Some people are going to fail. Some people will thrive. And that's, that's the process of camp. And that's why they do it. It's not a skill showcase. It's not supposed to be perfect this early into
2: camp.
0: That is so true. And I think the media tends to think the same way. You know, the, the way they report on this pass or that pass. Like, obviously, those of us who aren't there want to read that and know kind of what's going on. So I appreciate it. But there's definitely this tendency to go overboard when there's a touchdown catch and to freak out when there's an INT and like all these extreme emotions. Kevin Hogan is no Peyton Manning. He's probably going to throw a, an interception when you've got Von Miller, you know, screaming down your face sure. or whatever. And Kevin
1: Hogan has yet to stop practice to ask everybody to redo yeah, the thing. Yeah, goddamn him. <laughs> so he's already not Joe Flacco. Uh, he's not. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. He's-
0: He's, he is not going anywhere and Vic Fangio was awesome with that because Mike Kliss, my favorite
1: friend of the show
0: yeah of the show. yeah right excuse me friend of the show tried to ask you know about those two interceptions in one day and Vic Fangio's like why can't you look at that as a good play by the defense? Why do you have to look at that as a terrible play by Kevin Hogan? And then he totally nipped it in the bud anyway and just said, hey, it's, it's way too early to be talking about all that. I love this coach.
1: He is pretty awesome. The dude's talked since. Like, he doesn't speak in euphemism or double talk or grouch speak like a certain coach uh, here where I live. Um <laughs> He just speaks truth. He's like, "Yeah, I don't play music because no one can hear what, what I am trying to say." Oh, that makes sense. He's like, "Yeah, we're gonna wear tighter fitting jerseys because uh, I don't want people grabbing." All oh, right, well, that makes sense too. <laughs> yeah, like, is this the first sign of a shift of like, uh, okay, we're just like, let's cut the bullshit. Like, let's just do <laughs> football. like we're here to do football. Let's do football things and leave the music on the sideline.
2: I think it's just him because he's one of the oldest coaches in the league. So I don't think he's starting a trend. But
0: I think it's an interesting question, Jess, because my bet is that it's because players have become such big stars, right? and they and it's not high school or college football where these are kind of your kids that you're coaching and you're bringing them up into you know to teach them life lessons as well as football. These are adults and many of them are celebrities, and we have several celebrities on our team, and I honestly think players have kind of ruled the day you know, it kind of carries over into everybody else, into the team. And because the NFL is such a big part of pop culture, I think basically it's become a big party. And I don't, I can understand why that'd be fun. And like that atmosphere could be useful, but I'm, I, I absolutely love Vic Fangio's approach, mostly because it's like, it's his style. And he's like, well, screw that. I don't care what everybody else does. I'm the coach. This is the way we're going to do it because this is the way I want to do it. I think our previous you- regime, like, they were just so inexperienced, they didn't ever feel like they could take control that way, and and so it's good that Vic Fangio just understands I'm the head honcho, so you're going to do it my way, and that's just how it is.
1: How did we get to, hey there, football player, I need you to go over to uh, catch some passes on the judge machine.
0: But I want to listen to Kanye! Like... <laughs> I bet it goes back a couple decades, you know, like just players like Terrell Owens and more recently OBJ superstars on Sunday and they have, and social media and they have this big following and they do commercials and they're like, they have a whole other life that isn't playing football, but it spills over into their football life.
2: I mean, it could also be temporary. Uh, It's Vic Fangio's first year. There's a lot to learn and he wants to make sure that everybody's on the same page. And Bryce Callahan noted that just because we don't have music now just doesn't mean we're not going to have music later. We had music in Chicago. Right now, everything is new. Everybody needs to pay attention. Everybody needs to focus. We need to get our get our ducks in a row. Players understand what's going on. The leaders on the team want to get back to winning, and that's what matters. The leaders on the team set the tone for everything else. You're not going to see the rookies and, and the fringe guys going, oh, well, music, you know. it's They're going to fall in line with the guys on the team that are the elite stars and they bought in vic fangio's running the show everybody's on the same page i kind of love it because this this franchise has kind of fallen off the pedestal it was on and you know it's going to take a group effort group effort to to bring that back you just weren't seeing that group effort under the previous regime there were a lot of loud voices all talking and there was no cohesion that's a recipe for disaster. That's why I think you're going to see the Raiders be disaster this year. Even though they got a lot of new talent, there's just a lot of loud voices, and I don't think they're all saying the same thing. And that's, we should know as Bronco fans the last two years that that's not a good recipe to have <laughs> for a team heading into the season. So I can't wait to see the Raiders implode.
1: I haven't even talked about this with my co host, but we are going to do <laughs> a topic of our hard knocks recap yeah, uh, yeah. And it is going to be amazing it's going to be the reason why you need to hit subscribe on whatever uh service you're listening to us on right now hit subscribe and leave a little comment at the bottom say how much you like just tim and laurie <laughs> <laughs> in that order actually if you could keep it in that order <laughs> i'm very insecure about myself and that will help me in my process we've deviated we love uh vic fangio Kevin Hogan's not making the team. Garrett Bowles, uh, the jury's still out on him, despite what uh, reports are locally. What else?
2: I mean, there's a couple of people that were worth mentioning for who's had a good first week of, of training camp, especially to make the roster. Uh, Juwan Winfrey, sixth round pick, has really exploded onto the scene. I think the biggest play he made was 41 yard reception. Um, with bryce callahan and cream jackson on in coverage and he was able to beat them both so that that tells me right there that this guy's got some wheels and got some got some ability there so uh, that's a name to watch uh jackson running back he might just make Devontae booker you know (laughs) yeah and then brendan langley switch making the switch to wide receiver he's actually making some plays so maybe
0: our wide receiver group It's going to be really young and fairly inexperienced, but so many of them are doing well that we might end up with seven wide receivers on the roster. Because obviously Emmanuel Sanders, and then you have Cortland Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton, and Tim Patrick, um, he had a a couple of drops the other day, but basically he's had a good camp. And then Jawan Winfrey... But then you've got Brendan Langley and Trinity Benson both having lots of good plays, so it's going to be tough to narrow that group down.
1: I am encouraged by Juwan Winfrey. I'm still nervous that what kept him out of uh, high draft position uh, may rear its head as, as training camp progresses because, you know, it, he's not going to hit a peak performance in five practices and and go nowhere from there is going to be peaks and valleys and also i like the i like uh, trinity i like i like the name trinity like there's a lot i mean like there's times when i wish chris Berman was uh, still uh, at espn because i mean he could that dude could make hay with a name like trinity like like
0: when, <laughs> oh yeah all the religious references uh yeah well
1: you know it's the uh, different uh, was,
0: trinity like, you know, like <laughs> I think we should point out that yes. Bryce Callahan and Kareem Jackson are showing that they were worth bringing them in from free agency. Justin Simmons seems to be having a great camp. He's had a couple of interceptions, lots of great plays. He's probably super excited to be in this defense now, a, a defense that's going to suit his skill set better and not have him all over the place like we like last year. And then Will Parks is having a good camp. And Isaac uh- Yitem is having a good camp. So our secondary looks like it's going to be back to being strong, which is such a relief. It feels to me after the last couple of years, we cannot have enough quarterbacks on that roster (laughs) because we go through them like crazy. It
2: is. Yeah. It is totally a luxury. It's like having, and, and Yitam is uh, a taller guy too. He's six one or six two or something. So having, you know, Bryce Callahan, Chris Harris Jr. are both uh, under six feet, I believe. Talib was a tall guy, big guy that could match up against the bigger receivers. So, you know, that's pretty important. My biggest concern is we have Bradley Chubb and Bon Miller, but we needed we need somebody to keep them fresh and somebody that's not going to, um, you know, come in and just shane ray it up. We need somebody that's actually going to play well and and make an impact on, on, on the field when they're in there. So that's that's what I'm watching because, as we saw in 2015, having a wealth of edge rushers that actually can get in there and do some things is is huge, especially in big games.
0: It looks like, I mean, our defensive line, I think this is looking good. Shelby Harris is, is showing <sighs> that he's good. Demarcus Walker is uh, showing that... <laughs> He was drafted for a reason. Just coaches couldn't figure out what to do with him before. So yeah,
2: Malik Reed too. I think he's been mentioned almost every day. I've seen his name.
0: And um, uh, I don't know how you pronounce it, Bosby, Bowsby?
2: Oh yeah, the the ball hawk from the defunct league. Yeah. Uh, what league was yeah. that?
0: They think he might be our fourth cornerback. So we. Mm-hmm. It looks like we have a lot of. We have some good depth on defense as well as having all our good starters.
2: Winning with this team still lies through defensive uh, play. So, And and I was on a radio show today, SB Nation Radio, and they were asking about the AFC West. And even last year, this defense mashed up well against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. The, those both games were one-score games.
0: I've pointed out you know, the that- same thing on every radio show. I've been like, everyone... Just because our record and the Chiefs record were complete opposites and, you know, they were into the playoffs and we couldn't even sniff the playoffs, people forget how, how well we played the Chiefs. And, and that was it with the disaster that we had last year. <laughs> so, yeah. <it's>, you know, <laughs> I think we'll match up really well against them.
1: And that brings up our mystery segment of this week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And actually, usually I say it's a mystery question, but it's not really a mystery question. It's kind of more of, like, just, like, general interest, like, holy crap, and it ties into the Raiders and our dislike of them. My brother-in-law, uh, die-hard Raiders fan, contacted me out of the blue and was like, See this? See this? Mark Davis, Raiders owner, invented this. And he sent me a picture of a hand warmer, like, you know, like, the little, like, little, like, poopy thing. That, uh, that players put their hands in. And, and I was like, no way. Like, that's crap. Mark Davis can't even tie his shoes. He can't even get a decent haircut, for God's sakes. Like, right. he, he, he's, not, he's not hip to needle and thread and, and like, really? Is this, is this re-? so, I, so I'm like, you're full of crap. So I go Googling, and I find uh, this uh, UniWatch uh, article about a guy named Frank Popolo. P-U-P-E-L-L-O, who UniWatch, the kind of end-all-be-all authority on uniforms, uh, they say that he invented it. But then my brother-in-law sent me an article from the New York Times. New York Times article credits Mark Davis, Baby Huey, of the Oakland Raiders, uh, as inventing this thing. And um, before, before they had this thing, right, it's like a strap that clips around your your waist, and then there's, like, a little pocket, and you put your little hands in there, and there's little hand warmers in there, and you can keep warm if you're a kicker or a quarterback. It's really kind of a great invention. Um, But before that, uh, equipment managers used to sew pockets into jerseys. And I, I, I kind of knew this, but I never really, like, realized it. And so, like, if you look at old photographs... Uh, of players, like Rich Carlos or Brett Favre, there's, there's actually a tweet in, one, in the UniWatch article that I found, and it, had, and it showed that not only are there pockets, like, they're, like, lined, and they're, like, super, like, well done, like, and it just goes right into the jersey, and I was just like, how, does, how did I never notice this? Um, so I tweeted UniWatch, and I said, hey, UniWatch, there's a, there's a schism over who actually invented this thing? Is it is it Mark Davis who it, it owns the Raiders and so naturally he has you know the two and a half strikes against him in my book, <laughs> reputable on just about anything. Or was it this this equipment manager Mark Popello uh, and 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 Uniwatch got back to me rather quickly and was like, oh well, oh my God, I I didn't know this New York Times article existed, and so they went diving, and so. According to you to watch, do you know who invented the hand warmer?
0: Mark Davis.
1: No, f that guy. It's Mark Pupolo.
2: Yeah, <laughs> if it was Mark Davis, he wouldn't have the lowest valued team in the NFL. He'd be worth billions because you know he's sold a lot of hand warmers since 1989,
1: right? Right, like he's, he like like Mark Davis is in the basement of Al Davis's evil lair, like like <laughs> with a needle and thread. <laughs> And, and, like, the guts of old teddy bears, like, trying to, like, like I've done it. I've made a hand warmer because I, I'm the owner's son, so I care so deeply about the warmth of our players' hands. Like, <laughs> I, I don't entirely know how that's possible. But, yeah, so, so there you go. So which side are you on? I'm on Team Pupelo. 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 It's better to say Pupelo. That's a,
0: that's a great name. You have to be on that team. Poopalo. Poopalo.
1: It's Popello, dude. Stop. <laughs> so oh, there you God. go. It's, it's not a mystery question this week, but it's uh,
0: it's trivia. You know, Broncos it's trivia. Raiders trivia.
1: Yeah. Why not? Yeah. yeah. It's trivial. We'll say. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, all right. Well, you've been listening to something something Broncos. As I said earlier. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts, your Apple podcasts, some sort of Google something I'm sure we're on. I don't know. Spotify. You can find us on Spotify. And the mother, she plays it uh, like 24 hours a day out her window just on a loop. So if you're near Tim's mother's house, just stop by, listen, tell her you want to subscribe. She won't know what that is, but it's okay. Correction on the reporting of the foul. Both teams were on the both uh both fouls were on the kicking team had a beer explode all over my lap (laughs) (laughs) so so i'm dripping the the beer into my waste basket and i call it a basket because it is not a can it is open on the sides and at the bottom it's 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 not actually stopping any liquid from going anywhere
2: I oh, really? then a towel, Rose
1: Frank Pupillo. <laughs> <laughs> Only I had a hand warmer to clean this up.
0: Oh, that's what you need.
2: Can you hear me? Hello.
0: Yes, hello. Oh, no, I can hear
2: all of you. Hello.
0: Hello. Hello.
2: <laughs> Tim, he's playing with us. Oh, there. Hello. <laughs> I'm calling from the abyss. Are you there? Okay. Do you read me? So, before... Ground control
1: to Major Tom.
0: <laughs> I'm back. What? I don't know where, where do you guys thing. keep going. What's happening?
2: <laughs> I mean, I can't Wait. hear him now, so... <laughs> I'm Adam Alnali,
1: here with Taylor Swift, and...
2: Jack Elway. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You've been listening to Something, Something, Broncos. A feature of MileHighReport.com with Lori Lennemarville, Jess Place, and Tim Lynch. Get involved in the conversation at MileHighReport.com.